Welcome y'all to another episode of the Touch of Flare podcast. My name is Emma. You can find me on Instagram at fly.ifr and there I just like to share a lot of my commercial pilot experiences, travel experiences, the best tacos to find around the United States, that kind of stuff. Uh, You can also go onto our website for Touch of Flare. That's F-L-A-I-R. The website is touchofflare.net. There you'll find more in detail, blog posts and stories just about flying experiences and travel experiences. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to be talking about learning to fly out west as part of our regional flying series where we're just going to go over some different tips and tricks and nuances of flying in different regions of the United States. Thanks for joining us. Please feel free to leave us a comment on any of the podcast platforms or on our website. Again, touchofflare.net. We look forward to hearing from you. Enjoy the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about flying out west. I think it's really important to learn about the idiosyncrasies of flying in different regions because a lot of us learn to fly in just one region of the United States, um, which is fine, but when you go fly and you get your private pilot license and you want to travel and see the country or you've got your commercial license and your company is sending you all over, you really need to be aware of what you don't know. And that really comes into play when you're in a new area, there's new environmental challenges, there's new weather patterns, new terrain challenges, and you don't know what they are. So really the best thing to do, study up on it, Uh, read about the area, read about, you know, if you're going to a high uh, altitude airport, read about density altitude and factors with that. You know, there's a lot of uh, classes on how to navigate through, you know, thunderstorms and deal with that, how to deal with density altitude, and they're really important to take. Uh, when you do find the exact place that you're going to be flying, take a lot of time to look at the charts, uh, look at the published material, get a good picture of what's around there. Go into Google Earth if you have to and try to visualize the area, as well as reading through the AFD, checking your charts. All these things are really important. When you get there, when you get to this airport, uh, really the best thing that you can do is talk to the locals there. Talk to the pilots, talk to even just, you know, the people at the restaurant and try to get a feel of, all right, what's the weather pattern like? What does it normally do? And especially pilots, they'll be able to tell you, hey, you know, everything's really good until it's kind of windy and then there's this hill by this runway and then that creates a lot of chop. So maybe go use the other parallel runway. That's usually fine. Little details like that become really important and you need, like I said, to be aware of what you don't know and then go fill in the gaps in that knowledge. So, We'll, uh, we'll spend some time in some other episodes going over different regions. Today, we're going to focus on flying out west. So most of my western flying experience uh, is in Nevada and Arizona and California, uh, as well as New Mexico and Texas, if you want to consider the west side of Texas the west. Um, that also can be kind of southern. But for today, we're going to talk about really flying more like west coast Uh, So things to be aware of when you're crossing mountain regions, high density altitude airports, and things like that. So I got my private pilot in Reno, Nevada. And the thing with Reno is that it's in a valley, pretty high altitude. The Reno airport's 4,400 feet. That is the lowest part of the valley. It's rising terrain all around that. And the rising terrain gives way to uh, some thousand foot hills that are scattered about the valley. 
but on the west side you have the Sierra Nevada mountains which uh, go anywhere from 10 to 12 13,000 feet uh, in altitude and then on the other side you have the Virginia foothills which Nevadans call them foothills but realistically they're several thousand feet um, up above the ground so by everybody else's standards they're mountains uh, that being said there's a lot of rising terrain all these mountains cause massive winds to be coming down into the valleys so when Reno says they're having a windstorm day it's not uncommon for the winds uh, barreling down the mountain ranges to reach 120 130 140 miles an hour um, I've experienced this personally growing up there it will rip off your roof <laughs> yeah so they're not joking um, there's not a lot of massive like thunderstorm cells that come up like you would experience in the south where it's just squall line after squall line um, they do have thunderstorms though they do have weather they do have winter blizzards and the thing is when you get cloud coverage whether or not there's icing and you're going IFR in that area the issue is the clouds go down into the valley and build upward from there so when you take off and let's say you've got a thousand feet right above the ground before you hit clouds in the flatlands that's usually not such a big deal by the time you've hit a thousand feet you've cleared most towers um, and there's just nothing else to hit out there when you've gone IFR so you're really just worried about the weather conditions in Reno or Nevada or just any other mountainous area okay so a thousand feet off the deck we hit IFR but this layer is 3,000 feet thick and in that entirety of the layer there's a lot of things to hit there's hills there's mountains there's for some reason massive thousand foot long uh, you know uh, cell phone towers on top of the very top of the hill um, or the mountain so there's a lot that you could hit you can't see you don't know where it is there's a lot more uh, danger associated with that so that's something that you have to watch out for uh, another thing too is the fact that uh, density altitude can really skyrocket in the summertime and maybe you've got that on top of a thunderstorm cell then you're really really kind of screwed um, and people just don't go flying at least for general aviation, you know, 172s or Pipers or something like that. Um, even really the airlines don't like flying in and out of there. It's miserable. Um, but, you know, they're in more equipped airplanes, so they tend to do it anyway since the 121 operators. They've got a schedule. Uh, when you're flying personally, you know, and it's just you and your plane, you don't have a schedule. Not worth, you know, putting yourself through getting up to altitude and having 70, 80 mile an hour winds that you're fighting. Um, it will be it will be quite miserable but yeah density altitude is another big one that you have to be aware of there are a lot of crashes every year in that area um, that are really fatal honestly because people come in uh, over from the California side of the Sierra Nevada mountains where it's pretty much sea level and they fly their aircraft up into the mountains for vacation and they don't take into account weight and balance fuel load uh, their longer takeoff run less power and they really commonly they take off from an airport with rising terrain they're overloaded they're heavy and they can't climb out so they stall it out and end up crashing into trees or the side of a mountain and this sounds like I'm over exaggerating a point and you're probably like ah, oh, there can't be that many crashes maybe like one I'm not exaggerating um, there are a lot each year I think it would be like seven eight nine just at one airport of that same problem um, so 
it's really, really, really important that you are aware and equipped and that maybe you even take some time before you get into airports like that to go up with a CFI on a hot day with high density altitude, make sure your plane isn't overloaded and you've got a nice long runway, but get a feel for how that airplane is going to react. Um, because long story short, it won't react and it won't climb and everything will be really sluggish. Um, one of the best lessons I ever had during my private pilot license, it was a July day. Um, our density altitude at the airport was about 9,000 feet. And my flight instructor looked at me and he was like, okay, what do you think? Do you want to go flying today? So in my very non-confident learning private pilot banner, um, I was like, well, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> it looks like the density altitude's really high. Um, even though we're only at half tanks with me and you in this 172, we're going to be pushing it. I think we should stay back. And my flight instructor basically said, yeah, that's a great choice. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Uh, but you need a lesson in what flying in high density altitude looks like. So we're going to go up anyway. So we went up and the 172 would never climb more than a thousand feet above the ground. It would top out. I mean, it would not climb. So of course, if I wasn't already miserable enough, my uh, instructor was like, you know what? You know, we're going to pull your engine. So he'd cut the throttle and we'd have to go. And I would try to find a place to land very quickly at my thousand feet because I was sinking. And, you know, I'd get a spot and then, all right, great. I'd get my engine back and then we'd climb back up. And then when I wasn't expecting it, he would pull it again. So it was a very exhausting day for me, but it was really made an impression for me as a private pilot because it was like, okay, we're not going to mess around with density altitude because we've experienced how miserable this is. Um, same thing with the winds. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was so windy, usually by the afternoon, and I'm talking like 11 o'clock maybe, um, a good day, like a standard day, was, oh, it's only 16, gusting to 25, great, it's not that windy. Uh, whereas, as I've learned from flying in other parts of the region, uh, I've had CFIs be like, oh no, it's too windy today, we're going to cancel, uh, because they're like, that's like massive winds. So, everything's relative, but it definitely made you good um, about learning how to land with wind. And of course my CFI, uh, never wanted me to land with a headwind. He was always like, we're going to learn how to land with crosswinds. So we always used the crosswind runway. Uh, even when the, the wind was pretty much straight down the numbers on the main runways just to get that experience. And I will tell you that has saved my life. Uh, having that instructor flying in such a challenging area, it has saved my life now that I've been out on my own as a commercial pilot. Um, because I learned to fly in that sense. But then since I've, you know, gotten my private pilot license, um, I've been to some really high density altitude airports in, you know, New Mexico and Arizona and uh, even, you know, parts of Texas where it just gets like crazy windy. Um, you really have to be careful and you have to know. And, you know, I've definitely been in situations where it's high density altitude. You know, I've got more fuel than I anticipated and we're bringing out that POH and we're running the numbers to make sure that these short fields and little airports that I'm having to land at are going to be long enough. Um, so it's really important to have this knowledge, to have this experience. And I really can't overstate how important it is when you go out west to go flying. Terrain, density altitude is going to get you um, if you're not prepared. So for those of you who maybe are coming from the flatlands, you've learned to fly, and you're going to be going out to these mountainous airports, uh, please 
take somebody with you who's experienced if this is your first time or make it a point, you know, go out. I know there's a lot of classes in um, like the Colorado area and the Nevada area up in Washington that you can hire CFIs for a week and they will teach you how to mountain fly. And it's really important. So anyway, uh, that's kind of my advice for mountain flying or flying out west. And on the next podcast, we'll cover a few more areas and regions uh, like the Midwest, the South, even the Southwest, and just some important things to know when flying down there. So yeah, hopefully this was helpful to you guys, and we'll catch you next time.